I have the honor of telling you something you may have never heard before in your entire life. You are a theologian. Don't believe me? By the end of this video, I think you'll change your mind. Hey everyone, my name is Ray Burns, and I want to equip Christians to think biblically about every area of life so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. And in this episode, we are going to just keep on our steady march of talking about why Christians really do need theology. And in this one, we're going to talk about how absolutely everyone is a theologian who does theology every single day. And if you're thinking, oh, what about this person? Yep. Even that person is a theologian. Now, as a reminder of the last episode of this series, we talked about how we should think about theology. We talked about a lot of the hang-ups and misgivings and even misunderstandings that people have about theology. And I made the argument that for Christians, it is unavoidable to think of theology like this. That it is about understanding God, humanity, and the world as God has revealed it so that we can grow in truth and live for Jesus. Theology is not about our opinion. Theology is not, here's what I think is true about God. Good theology starts with the, the Bible as our authority because it's been given to us by God. God has the say on what is true about who he is, about who we are and about what the world that he created is like and all about and even where it came from. So understanding that, understanding that theology is ultimately understanding and studying something well so that we can live in truth, right? To live for Jesus based on truth, not opinion, not emotion, not feeling, but truly having a spirit-filled life because truth is our foundation that everything else comes out of. So understanding that, I said, everyone does theology. How is that possible? Well, theology is ultimately the question of what are these things, right? We are understanding God, we're understanding humanity, and we're understanding the world around us. And theology seeks to answer these things through what God's word has revealed and, and using that either as a direct answer or to inform our thinking and our reasoning to help us arrive at God-honoring conclusions. So think about some of the things that theology answers for us. When it comes to understanding God, it'll ask questions like, is God real? Let's assume that he is, right? If, you're an, if you say, well, no, God's not real, that still influences your life because you are going to live as though God is not real. Why would you live otherwise? And that informs all your understanding of humanity and all your understanding of the world. Because if God is not the source of all this, something else has to be. Either another deity or no deity at all. And everything is purely natural. But what you say about God's existence impacts the rest of your life. But for the rest of this episode, let's just assume that we start here with the affirmative, yes, God is real. Then we need to ask, is that God distant and uncaring, or is he near and knowable? So we say, you know, we look around us, we say, wow, things couldn't just pop here out of nowhere, right? There is no, you know, something being created out of absolute nothingness with no uncaused cause, right? No uncreated creator. We say there had to be some someone, some being that created this that wasn't created by something else previously. 
But if we think that that being, that entity is distant and uncaring, right? If we have this idea that God just kind of wound up the universe and just walked away and said, hey, good luck, don't blow yourselves up too badly, that's going to impact what we do, right? Because if that God's not knowable, why would we want to know him? It, it, it's, a, it's a matter of, hey, cool, thanks for creating the universe, God. Now I'm just going to have to go figure this thing out and not blow myself up too badly, but if we think that that God is near and knowable, that's going to influence what we do. Because if that God created us, and if he can be known, why would we not try to know him? And would he make a means for us to know him? We might also say, okay, does this God care what we do? Whatever we believe about God, about how much he cares about us, does he care about what we do? Do our actions, do our beliefs matter? And how does he how does he measure that? You know, is it about doing what we believe is right? Does he have an objective absolute standard that we have to meet up to? That what we understand and believe about that is going to matter. Is this God angry? You know, is he just looking for reasons to smite us and wipe us off the face of the earth if we step out of line? Is he sweet and grandfatherly and he just wants the best for us? He wants us to be happy, he wants us to be healthy. He never wants any bad to come to us. What we believe about that God is going to influence what we do and what we desire in our life and how we approach him throughout our life. Uh, what motivates him to show favor and love? Is it our behavior? Does it stem from him? You know, is he the source of his own choice to love or hate someone? Um, how does he determine forgiveness? You know, if, if he does have a standard that we have to meet up to, how do we, how do we deal with that? You know, does he just can, can he just choose to ignore it and say, you've broken my law, but I'm just going to choose to look the other way? Do we have to earn it? Does he forgive at all? Or is he just constantly saying, nope, you messed up. You're, you're done, right? You got a few decades on this earth. And then after that, eternal punishment for everyone. You know, is that how that God operates? Um, and how? How can we know all these things about him? You know, as you read these things, you should have an answer for every single one of them. Even if you're an atheist and you say, he's not real, and therefore the answer to all these is no. But if you, especially if you believe in God, in, in some kind of being, some kind of deity, how can you know that these things about him are true? You have an answer to all of these. You may hem and haw and doubt yourself and say, oh, well, I don't know. It's just my opinion. But where does that opinion come from? Why do you believe what you believe about your God or your understanding of some kind of God-like figure? How can you know about him or her or them, whatever? We're, we're going to assume we're talking about the, the God of Abraham here. So how can you know about that God? And are your answers to these questions based on how you can know about him? So if you say that, well, we can know about him through the Bible, right? God reveals himself through the Bible. We can know these things about him through there. Is that where you get your opinion? Is that where you get your belief about him? Or even though you know how you could know about him, do you get your understandings about him from other sources, from your opinions, from your pastor, from the world, from Hollywood, from your friends? Where is your belief about God coming from? Because where you actually get your truth from also shows what you believe about God. If you truly believe that he wants you to know about him through his word, why would you not do that? But if you believe that God is just a matter of your opinion, then why bother studying his word? 
right? Everything we believe about God influences what we do with our lives because each and every one of us is a theologian. We all have a belief. We have statements. We have true statements that we make about God, both with our actual statements, but also with how we live our lives. This stuff matters. Now, next, we are all theologians with how we understand humanity. For example, why are we here? Now, Again, what you believe about God is going to influence how you answer these things. So again, if you're an atheist, you'll answer it one way. If we believe in the God of the Bible, we'll answer it differently. But why are people here in the first place? What is your purpose in life, right? Are you just a random cosmic accident? Is your purpose to serve something higher? Is your purpose just to serve yourself? Are you just supposed to live long enough and try to be a good person and maybe leave behind a good legacy of the good deeds you did or the children that you made and things like that, the business, uh, your accomplishments. Why are you here? And what is your purpose? What is it that you are meant to live for? Because what you believe about those things is going to determine what you do about your job, what you do about your family, your free time, your friends. Um, in a bigger sense, are people, just people in general, are we naturally good and we just go wrong? Are we naturally evil and without God's direct intervention, we have no hope of any good on our own? Or are we neutral? You know, is it a, a I think it's called tabula rasa uh, situation in psychology where we are just blank slates and our environment, our life experiences, they imprint on us to become a person who society deems good or who society deems evil. But ultimately, we are just neutral beings waiting to be filled up with whatever the world fills us up with. Um, in terms of determining, you know, are we good? Are we evil? How do we determine what evil is? You know, what is evil? Because we've had societies all throughout history who will call one thing good that we later call evil, or they will call one thing evil that we now call good. I think of pork bacon, right? Uh, Old Testament Israel, pork bacon was evil. Today, for a lot of people, pork bacon's a very, very good thing. So how do we determine what is evil? How do we determine when murder is okay? How do we determine if it's evil to end an unborn life? How do we determine if it's evil to end the life of an elderly person who can either look forward to years of suffering or one moment of suffering for being in peace and out of pain? How do we determine when things are truly evil? Are we the standard? Is it our opinions? Is it our society? Is there a cosmic universal law that determines it? Is it God who determines what is evil? What we say about this is part of our theology because we all do theology every day. And then in a practical sense, you know, how do we think about things like sexuality or gender roles or relationships? How do we say what is good, what is necessary, what is important, what is unimportant? How do we know who is the one for us? How do we know the purpose of marriage? Is it just to be happy? Is there a bigger purpose to marriage that we don't see? What we believe about God and where we think God wants us to get truth is going to influence all of these things. And once again, we all have answers for these. We all have beliefs that say, here is my answer for why we're here, what our purpose is, how we determine good and evil, how society works, and things like that. We all have answers for these because we are all theologians.
And then just understanding kind of the bigger world in general. You know, where did the universe come from? You know, well, let's say God. How did God make it? Did he make it in a uh, an evolutionist idea? You know, is the world universe really billions and billions of years old? And God started it. He kind of stirred the pot and then everything else just went on. Did God have a direct hand in in species evolving? Was there a literal six-day creation? How about the spiritual realm? You know, let's assume that there is a spiritual realm. What do we what is true about angels, demons, and Satan? You know, are angels real? What do they do? Are demons real? What do they do? Where did they come from? Are they fallen angels? Are they disembodied spirits of the Nephilim? Are they the manifestations of our evil thoughts and deeds that have taken on sentience? Uh, and what about Satan? You know, what is his whole deal? Uh, you know, if you're if you've been following this channel recently, I've been doing a series on Satan, and a lot of the things I'm saying, based on what I'm hearing from people, is eye-opening. Because we are seeing things about Satan, demons, and angels in the Bible that are clear, that are there. But be, we are doing theology through church traditions, through Hollywood, through our own opinions, through things we've heard other people say. And a lot of people have understandings about stuff like the spiritual realm that they believe is true. And they may even live as though it's true. But maybe it's not as true as people may think once we've really dug into it through something like my series on Satan. Um, now, outside of the, you know, back to the physical realm, how should we view the government? You know, do we need to have a Christian government? Do we need to, to have a government that says we're going to fight for Christian values alone? We're going to have some kind of a theocracy where everyone is a Christian and everyone's going to do Christian things. Should we have no government at all? Uh, should we support the government as long as it doesn't call us to directly contradict God's word? Or can we defy the government when it doesn't match our political views? Again, what we believe about God and humanity and truth determines how we answer those things. And every single one of us has an answer for those. Uh, but how do we know what's true and how do we know what's real? You know, think of the matrix, you know, there were people who they saw the movie like the matrix where spoiler alert, the real world is actually a computer program and we're all kind of characters in it. Uh, you know, there are people who, who live their life as though the things revealed in a movie like that were real. And there was even, I remember at least one person who killed themselves because they were convinced that if they did, that they would escape this computer program that we're all trapped in. But how do we know what's real? How do we know that the real world is really real? How do we know that, that the Bible is true? How do we know that God is really real? How do we know that what we believe is true really is? Where do we go to say conclusively, as best as we can figure out, this is true and this is what's real? And then, ending on a happy note, what's going to happen to the world? You know, are, are we all going to sink into a heat death? Is the sun going to explode and wipe us out? Do we need to colonize other planets? Are we just part of a multiverse system? And even if this world ends, we've got, you know, a, an infinite number of ourselves and other universes that are continuing to live on. What's going to happen to the world? Is Jesus going to come back and make a new heavens and new earth and make all things new and wipe out sin? And, and those who are truly in Jesus Christ, those who have been redeemed by his blood, will live forever in their glorified bodies, ruling on this earth with him. Again, 
We've all got answers to these things, and what we say matters so much, because if we say that one thing is true, it should influence our lives. But if we say one thing is true, and it doesn't influence our lives, then that shows another belief that we have. It shows that, yeah, this is what's true, but it doesn't really matter enough. My opinion, my desires, how I want to live, how I want to think, the, the, the pressure to conform, things like that, those are more important than these things that I know are true. We are all theologians who do this stuff every single day. We all have answers for every single one of these things, and those answers impact our lives. Ultimately, everyone does theology. What we believe about God is going to affect what we believe about everything else, right? God is our foundation. If he's real or if he's not real, everything else gets filtered through that. The challenge then is how are you doing theology? You know, I've been kind of pressing into that throughout the the previous uh, parts of this, but that's the core question. The question isn't, do you do theology? Do you need theology? You do theology every single day. Everything you believe, everything you do is based on what you believe is true about God, yourself, humanity around you, and the world that you live in. Everything you post online, the whole reason you get up every day, why you do what you do with family, whether or not you even have a family, everything you do is based on what you believe about God, humanity, and the world. But as I said, good theology is done when we understand those things through God's word. Not our opinions, not what our pastor says, not what our political party says, not how we were raised. There are almost probably countless things trying to, to, to fight for our attention, to say, hey, here's what's true. Here's how I know it's true. Here's what you need to believe. So many things in the world are demanding our attention, demanding our allegiance, demanding us to put our trust in them for what is true, and then allowing ourselves to be conformed to that thinking. But good theology has to be done with God's word being first and foremost in our lives. So for next time, as I end this video, just consider this. Go back through the list. That, that I wrote out, just the different questions that we ask about God, humanity, and the world. Consider each of your answers to them and ask yourself, how did you really arrive at that answer? You might say, oh, well, the Bible says. Where does the Bible say? Is your answer to those things simply that the Bible says because you heard someone tell you that the Bible says it? Or do you know what God really has to say about it? Not just going to a single verse and saying, well, here's this collection of words that means what I think it means. And so I'm going to mold my whole life based on what I think God says here or what I think it means to me. Really evaluate where you're getting that truth from because it, it has to matter to us, especially as followers of Jesus Christ. Right? We, we, we looked to God's word to say, here is who God is. We looked to God's word to say, here is what sin is. We let God's word tell us the punishment and the penalty that we deserved for that sin. And we trusted purely what the Bible says as to how to be set free from the guilt of that sin. We trusted what it said about what Jesus Christ did, coming to earth, God in human flesh, living a perfect life. 
dying on the cross, paying the penalty for sins that we deserved, taking our punishment that is rightfully ours. And for those who trust in him to save them, those who trust in his death, burial, and resurrection, not only does he pay the penalty for our sins, but he applies the righteous life that he lived to us. God can look at us as though we live that perfect and obedient life that Jesus Christ did. If that is what we believe, if that is what we are trusting in for our salvation, if it's purely what God's word says that influenced the greatest decision in our life, right? The, the greatest truth, the greatest foundation that Jesus Christ died and that he alone is our means of salvation. Why do we stop there? Why don't we let God's word dictate everything else that we believe is true about who he is, who we are in this world that we live in? Like I said, think about how you answer all these things and ask, is it because of what God's word reveals? Is it because what you think the Bible says? Is it your opinions, your emotions? You're doing theology every day. How are you doing theology? How are you arriving at truth? And is it honoring your God? And that's what we're going to talk about next time. What does God say about studying theology? And I think we're going to see that God is very, very in favor of you studying his word to know more about who he is and everything else that he's created. So make sure you like this video to help me fight against that YouTube algorithm as a small channel. Make sure you subscribe to the channel so that you can be notified of the next time a video is posted. Uh, if you want to support this video or this channel every month, you can follow me on patreon.com slash onward in the faith. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. If this ministry is a blessing to you, there are three ways that you can support it. You can pray for Ray and Onward in the Faith itself. You can share this episode with others, or you can help with various expenses by visiting patreon.com slash onwardinthefaith or following the link in the show notes. We hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith towards maturity in Christ.